Episode 50, Hosting the Presence of God. The other tribes within Israel were numbered for the day of battle. However, the Levites were left out. They were not allowed to go up for battle with their brothers. Instead, they were given an altogether different responsibility, hosting the presence of God. Welcome to the History of the Bible. In the last episode, we talked about the clans and how the family is the foundation in which all of society is built upon. Without a healthy family, a family together pursuing the Lord, the foundations of society begin to crumble. As we learn about the structure of a tribal society, we will begin to look at one specific tribe of Israel, the tribe of Levi. The Levites were not counted among the other tribes of Israel. When the census was taken, it excluded the tribe of Levi altogether. Originally, the tribe of the Levites were cursed, along with his full brother Simeon, to never possess land in the promised land. They would only have cities and the surrounding pasture lands to call their own. Unlike the rest of the tribes that held regions of area, if we remember, the reason that Levi and Simeon were not allowed to have a portion of the land was because the two brothers went into the city of Shechem and killed all the people because the leader of the city, his son, raped Levi's sister. However, the Levites were to be redeemed from this curse. Although they still wouldn't possess their own land, like the rest of the tribes, instead they were given another role to play. When the Israelites were in the wilderness and they got to Mount Sinai, Moses left them for a while when he went up to the top of the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. During this time, the people of Israel set up their own golden calf as their image of God. When Moses saw that the Israelites had gotten out of hand, he stood at the gate of the camp and said, Who's on the Lord's side? And that if anyone was on the Lord's side, they should assemble themselves around Moses. When Moses made the call, the Levites were the only ones that stood up with Moses. Moses then told them to get their swords and to go through the camp and kill those in rebellion towards God. Because of this event, the Levites were from then on out ordained for the service of the Lord. Because what was once a curse their family's fierceness inherited from their father Levi was now something that was used for the Lord. And because of that, the Levites would be blessed with the service of the Lord. However, there are a few scholars that don't believe this is the first time that the tribe of Levi was given the responsibility of being the priest to the other tribes of Israel. Some believe that the tribe of Levi had always been a spiritual leader in the tribes, even before the Exodus. It's thought that the tribe of Levi was never enslaved, only the other tribes were, and that the Levites were left alone by the king of Egypt so that they could be a spiritual leader and guides to the rest of the tribes being the guardians of the tradition. The argument for this thought is that Aaron was allowed to leave 
to look for Moses in the wilderness when Moses was coming back to Egypt for the first time. Only the priests were allowed this type of freedom for an enslaved nation. However, this is not in the Bible whatsoever, and it seems that the Levites were not aware of their role as priestly tribe until the moment they stood with Moses against the rest of the tribes during the golden calf fiasco. Also, for the reason that it was traditionally held that the firstborn son of the family would be priest, not a designated tribe. More on this in a second. Once they were given the responsibility to serve the Lord, they were then split up into their three clans based on the three sons of Levi, Gershon, Koath, and Merari. Moses and Aaron would be the descendants of Kohath. Each one of these clans would have a different responsibility while in camp, going from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land. However, it was the responsibility of Aaron and his descendants to be the priest of the Lord. This included being the high priest. So in reality, Aaron and his descendants got a whole tribe to help them out with their duty as priests unto the Lord. But the Levites were the only ones allowed by the Lord to come near his sanctuary. In Numbers 3 verse 12, it says that the Lord claims the right to the tribe of Levi in exchange for the firstborn. There's two thoughts on why the Lord laid claim to the firstborns. The first reason is believed to be that because all the firstborn animals and people that lived through the death of the firstborns being killed in Egypt, they are then the Lord's. Plus, it says in Numbers 3 verse 13 that the firstborns are the Lord because when he struck down all the firstborns in Egypt, he set apart for himself every firstborn in Israel, whether human or animal. They are the Lord's. Often, the reminder from the Lord that all firstborn people and animals are His comes right before or after the reminder of the celebration of the Passover. The second reason is that in this time period, it was traditionally held that the firstborn sons would become the family priest. Not only did they, as the firstborn son, hold the responsibility to lead their family physically and emotionally, they also led spiritually. Because the Lord claimed the firstborns from the Passover in Egypt, and they are usually in a place of family priest, the Lord made an exchange. The exchange was that instead of the individual family's firstborn sons serving the Lord in the tabernacle, the Lord just took the whole tribe of Levi to be the priest to the family, the Israelite family. It was common in the Mesopotamian region for people to give their choices products to their deities, whether that would be the first fruits or firstborn animals. However, this would be the first time ever that the firstborn sons were supposed to be given to their deities. In order to prepare the Levites for their new responsibility of helping Aaron and his sons out with the tabernacle, the Lord told Moses to number all the males from one month old and upward, all according to their clans. Although later on Moses would do another census of all males 30 to 50 years of age, 
Now, what's interesting is that the tribe of Levi had three main clans, all based on the three sons of Levi. However, it then accounts for subclans. These were the sons of Levi's sons, or Levi's grandchildren. Those that were of the tribe of Gershon had the responsibility of taking care of the tabernacle furnishings, which included the coverings, screens for the entrance, the altar, and everything that was involved in service for these items. The clan of Gershon would camp on the west side of the tent, or the tabernacle, being a buffer between the tabernacle and those of the other tribes, as well as foreigners. Next would be the clan of Koath. They camped on the south side of the tabernacle. This clan was in charge of the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the bowls, and screens. Everything that had to do with these items, the Koath tribe took care of them. Finally, the last clan of the Levites would be Merari. They were charged to take care of the frames, bars, pillars, bases, and everything else that was involved with these items. They would stay on the north side of the tabernacle. That would just leave the east side open. Well, this is where Moses, Aaron, and their descendants would be camping. But these clans were not just charged with taking care of these items while in transition. They were also needing to set up and tear down the tabernacle. So every time the Lord had them stop for a period, they would set up the tabernacle. And when it was time to leave, they would dismantle it. Before the tabernacle could be taken down, there was a specific way that it needed to be done. Otherwise, if it wasn't done in this manner, then someone could die by touching something that was holy and only meant for the high priest to handle. Before giving out the task to the Levite clans, Moses took another census of the Levites. All males from the ages 30 to 50 years old as this was the age reign that would be serving the Lord by carrying portions of the tabernacle. Later on in the book of Numbers, chapter 8, verse 24, the Lord tells Moses that the age of those serving will be between the ages of 25 to 50. Why the difference in the five years? Scholars aren't sure, but many believe that it could be that from the ages 25 to 30, male Levites were allowed to be apprentices. And at the age of 30, they were able to step fully into the service of the Lord. Other scholars suggest that at the age of 25, the men were allowed to serve in the tabernacle, but it wasn't until the age of 30 that a man could help in transporting the tabernacle. Now, as a side note, there is a retirement age for the Levites. Well, sort of retirement. At the age of 50, they were no longer allowed to help in the service of the work. However, it's believed to be the service of the work and transporting. Men over the age of 50 were allowed to still serve their brothers and their work. This could mean that they became just guards, or that they stepped into a mentorship role at the age of 50 and poured into the younger generations. Once the census was taken, the Kohath clan would carry the most holy of things from the tabernacle. However, before they could go in and just start moving things around, the high priest, who was Aaron at the time of the assignment, 
and his sons would go into the tabernacle and cover all of the holy items. They would start by taking the veil that separated the holy area from the holy of holies section. With this veil, once it was taken down, would be used to cover the Ark of the Covenant. Then on top of that, they would put a covering of goat skin. And lastly, on top of the skin would be a blue cloth covering the whole thing. After the blue cloth was on top of the Ark of the Covenant, then it was ready to be moved. Aaron and his sons would continue to do this for all of the furnishings of the tabernacle. Although the veil wouldn't be used, a blue cloth made of scarlet would be used to cover the furnishings and then a goatskin would be placed on top. All of these coverings were custom made for the items within the tabernacle as it allowed for the large poles that would be used to carry the item to be inserted through the goatskin and cloth. This would be done to the table of the bread of presence, placing all the plates, dishes, bowls, the flagons, and the bread, and then the covering over the top. The lampstand with its tongs, trays, vessels for oil, and all the utensils would be covered. The golden altar would also have the same done to it. Then all the vessels that would be used in the service would be placed under a covering with blue cloth and goatskin and then placed on a carrying frame. All of these items would be carried on the shoulders of the men by having poles slide into positions on the tabernacle's furnishing. All of these items were the most holy of things. Once this was done by Aaron and his sons, then the men from the clan of the Kohathites would come in and carry the items for the journey. The next clan would be the Gershonites. Their job was not so stressful in the sense that they wouldn't die if they touched any of the holy items in the tabernacle. They had to carry the curtains and all of its coverings of goatskins that would go on top of the tabernacle the screen for the entrance to the tent, and the hangings for the courtyard and its screen entrance and cords. It was really all of the decorations in the sanctuary. They would not have to carry any of the items on their shoulders. Instead, a cart pulled by oxen were used in transportation. They used two carts pulled by four oxen. They were then placed under the leadership of Aaron's youngest son. The next clan would be the Morariites. Like their brother the Gershonites, they would have carts and oxen to help in transporting their items of service. Using four cars and eight oxen to move the items, they too would have their senses taken for all males between the ages of 30 and 50. The Morariites' job was to transport the frames, bars, pillars, pegs, cords, and bases that created the structure of the tabernacle. They too would be under the leadership of Aaron's youngest son. The high priest's sons would be in charge of the oil for the light, the fragrant incense, the regular grain offerings, and the anointing oil. But in reality, they were also in charge of making sure the whole tabernacle and all of its furnishing made it through the journey safely. Really, they would be supervising the whole endeavor of moving the tabernacle and setting it back up. Before the Levites were able to serve them, 
They need it to be ceremonially clean so that they would be purified to do the service. To do the cleansing, water was sprinkled on them. Then they had to shave their whole body and wash their clothes. Then, just like Aaron and his sons had to be purified, a sacrifice was needed. One bull would be offered with a grain offering as a sacrifice, and then a second bull would be offered as a sin offering. When the bull was about to be killed as a sin offering, Moses gathered the Levites in front of the tabernacle. Then he gathered all of the Israelites' leaders around them, and they would lay their hands on the Levites. This would represent that the Levites were being commissioned by the Israelites to be representatives of the whole congregation unto the Lord. After that, the tribe of Levi was ready for service. They held the responsibility of serving the Lord by helping Aaron and his sons in their jobs of being high priests. The tribe of Levi would help in transporting the tabernacle as well as guarding it. The Levites had to protect the tabernacle from the rest of the nation. The reason is because the Levites provided a layer, so to speak, of protection from the tabernacle which is the dwelling place of God and the rest of the Israelites. In the tabernacle, there were different levels of holiness that the Levites were to protect from the common person, so that the person who was not purified would not be killed by coming into the holy presence of God. The Lord placed the ultimate responsibility of keeping other tribes and people out of the tabernacle on Aaron and his sons as the high priest. That didn't mean they had to guard the place, but they were responsible for the whole tabernacle and making sure things got done. That meant that they had to delegate to other members within the Levi tribe to help carry the duty. As a side note for the Levites and them being guards, is that they were the only soldiers that were allowed to guard on the Sabbath. This isn't too important as the Israelites were journeying through the wilderness, but later on in Israel's history, when they had cities with walls, the Levites would protect them on the Sabbath. The tribe of Levi were also given a little more detail in conducting their duties with the public. They were instructed on how to test for adultery of a woman. This was done to the woman that is thought to have cheated on her husband. The priest would take some holy water and put it in a jar of clay. Then he would add dust from the floor of the tabernacle to the water. The woman would let her hair down. This was a sign of a couple of different things. Usually, it was a sign of mourning or disgrace. But in ancient Greece, it meant a sign of freedom and not necessarily the good kind. Freedom in the sense of not being married, but also it could mean freedom in their immorality, loose living. Then the priest would put the woman under oath by saying if she had not sinned, then nothing would happen. However, if she did cheat on her husband, then the water would be cursed so that it would cause the woman to miscarry or her womb would swell. The word swell is related to the word flood, so it could be calling for the cursed water to flood into her uterus. Basically, the curse was for her to never bear children, which in those times was a shameful thing being a woman and not having children. 
This type of testing of a woman was common in ancient times. However, it was also made clear, in Babylon for example, that if a man falsely accused his wife, he could be burned alive. The reason that the dust was taken from the tabernacle was because it was from a holy place. Therefore, taking something that was found in a holy place and given to someone that was unfaithful is thought to bring that curse upon them. Taking something that was found in a holy place and given to someone that was being unfaithful is thought to bring about that curse upon them. The tribe of Levi had a very special job given to them. Their original curse that Jacob had given them was redeemed and changed for the good. The whole nation could be taken care of spiritually. It may just seem like they were carrying the tabernacle and its furnishings, but in reality, they were hosting the presence of God in the midst of all the other tribes of Israel, so that they could be a light to the surrounding nations. We as believers today host the presence of God, because now we are the tabernacle for hosting God to those around us. Now that the tribes have all been given responsibilities, it's time to go into the promised land, right? Well, unfortunately not quite yet. The tribes of Israel and its people are not totally up for the journey through the wilderness. So join us next time in episode 51, The Journey Has Begun. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.